Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. Conversations save lives on this show. I'm Jeff. I'm probably the most patient, impatient guy you'll ever meet here on this show. And that's not saying much, but DW, on the other hand, is probably the most impatient, patient guy you'll ever meet. What's up, DW? I have no idea what you just said. I have no idea what what that means. You have no idea what it means to be impatient, patient. No, help me out here. How can I be impatiently patient or patiently impatient? You should know. I mean... Well, you know what, though? I I mean, how does somebody become patient anyway? Think about that for a second. What, What would make somebody... I love downhill skiing. Yeah. Love downhill skiing. I didn't always love downhill skiing, but when we were younger, my wife's parents um, really thought that skiing was important. So they would take us out west every year and they, we'd go skiing and our kids grew up skiing out there. Just, you know, one week a year, that kind of thing. It was great. Um, but we always went when nobody else was there. So we went and um, pulled the kids from school. I know that sounds like I'm a terrible person, but remember, I'm a professional teacher. It's mm-hmm. okay to do once in a while. But we pulled the kids from school, and we went, and we skied when everyone else was in school. And we found that just wonderful. No lines, and the place was open. Um, and then uh, when I came back to the Midwest, you go to a place uh, in Wisconsin or somewhere like Ski Brule or somewhere, and it's a holiday weekend. I mean, you could, you could stand in line with a billion people you know, waiting to get on the lift. Boy, you talk about impatient at that point. It's all perspective for me. You know, out west, I can just ski right onto the lift. You, the, the, the down run is like five miles, and then you ski onto the lift again and do it, and there's nobody there. Then you come here, and I think I skied for like 20 minutes total for all morning because I'm waiting in line, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then the run is so small. Um, all of a sudden, you think you're patient, but all of a sudden you realize patience is somewhat a perspective thing. Yeah, it is. You know, I had a guy email me just yesterday. Linda and I love taking um, somebody out west that's never skied out west and showing them how to do it um, cheaply and not have to get soaked with money and stuff. But mm-hmm. And uh, so I got this email last night from a guy we took last year. He's probably 30 years old, a single guy. And he went skiing for the first time since last year at Granite Peak in Wisconsin. And uh, all it said was, thanks, you ruined my whole love of skiing in the Midwest now. (laughs) (laughs) Enough said or something. You know, it's like, uh, we just turned him into an impatient person. I mean, Uh, now he's on the mountain going, this stinks. Yeah, yeah. And before he was going, this is wonderful. (laughs) I mean, have you ever been there where something one moment is just really great and the next moment, I mean, later on in life, you're going, this stinks. Um, A lot of perspective goes on there. And so I think patience is that way. I mean, you could be patient about something, and I could be impatient about the same thing, and we could probably both have our good reasons, I guess. Joining us also in studio, Jason from Silver Birch Ranch. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Just got back from a vacation. I got a nice tan, and I'm enjoying the snow again. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Can't complain. I, I heard you were really roughing it the last week or so. Yeah, it was, it was pretty rough. You know, 85, sunny, pretty much every day for a week. Did you wear a kilt? I did not. Because you'd have kilt lines, probably. I, that would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You, you hate those kilt lines when you're out <laughs> sunning, you know? Yeah. It, it would just, it would look ugly. Yeah, it I would. would. Yeah. <laughs> For those who don't know, uh, Jason spent some time in kilt land. So, That's true. Yeah. AKA uh, Northern Ireland. Yeah. Either one. Either yeah. one. Either one. Even though they don't wear a whole lot of kilts in Northern Ireland, that's more Scotland. <laughs> oh, is it? That's okay. I'll be I'll be patient with you. Yeah. Are, are, <laughs> could I say something that gets you in trouble? Aren't they all alike? I mean, is it? <laughs> that won't get me in trouble. No, but, no, uh, no, no. Let me say this though: it, it, Aren't they all part of the United Kingdom? They are. 
Well, so, Northern Ireland is Northern yeah. Ireland and Scotland and Wales part of the, are part of the United Kingdom. So they're all like, I mean, it's just one nationality, isn't it? Well, it depends on who you talk to in Scotland, because <laughs> half, almost half of them wanted to leave the United Kingdom. Yeah, you know what? Pass, I think but... we're going to get some nasty comments on that one. I, I'm not sure, but maybe we have some Scotland listeners out there. No kidding, or, or tweet Northern us. Ireland tweet listeners. Us and, yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, Show here, some love. Here's the deal, though. I mean, I'm, I I thought for years that I was English, and I'm not. You're Swedish. I, I, well, I am Swedish. That I knew. But my dad, <laughs> my dad isn't Swedish. He was Danish and English, he thought. Okay. Okay. So then as I'm growing up, you know, I get older. And one day I get a, a letter from a lady that was a camp, and she grew up with us. And she married a guy by the name of Duke. And that was my mom's, my grandma's maiden name. And, and they were tracing their lineage. And they found my brother and I in the lineage, my dad, my brother and I. And it was... Irish. So you're Irish. I'm Irish. Whoa. And I thought, how did, how in the world did I grow up thinking I was English when I'm Irish? And, and some guy, politically incorrect guy, I'm sure, said, oh, they're the same. You know, it's like, <laughs> and I could see how that was. I mean, if you're part of the United Kingdom, yeah. it could have been at one point everyone thought, well, that's English. You know, regardless of where you're at. Well, to be fair, that's English. Even, even nowadays, and this is something I learned working with some of the young people in Northern Ireland, because you had the whole... Protestant Catholic conflict and that sort of thing. Typically, on the Protestant side, you know, because it was more of a political standpoint than it was necessarily. I mean, it was about religious beliefs, you know, to an extent, but it was more political. Right. Protestants wanted to remain loyal to the United Kingdom. The Catholics wanted to be part of the Republic of Ireland and that okay. sort of thing. And so, some of the young people I talked to, I'd joke around them. I'd call them Irish. They're like, "I'm not Irish. I'm British." Oh yeah, you, <laughs> you know. know. Um, you know what though? Here, here's we're talking about patience. Yeah. And, and here's here's what I find. I, I I really think sometimes we get so caught up in this political correct stuff. Yeah. The truth of the matter is, can't Dave Wager be ignorant on something and not know this? I mean, can't I not know? Something and not have you say that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm bothering you or hurting you. Yeah. You know, I went to Alaska, for example, and I'm, I'm teaching Alaska. And, and, and I was warned that the native Alaskans do not want you to mix up the two groups that are there. Hmm. And I'm thinking, why did you even tell me that? I mean, I don't even know there are two groups here. Right. And, and they said, no, 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 they're different. The Eskimos and the Inuits, yep. they're different. So yeah. do not call them, you know, do not say which one are you or anything. I said, you know, I, I'm trying to figure this out all of a sudden. Do you think I would go somewhere and say, now, are you an Eskimo or an Inuit? Do you think I would even say that? Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at somebody. I see them as a person. I don't see them as anything. Right. And if anything, I'm, I'm ignorant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. It, it's not like I'm saying something to hurt anybody. I, I mean, uh, I, I had a, a young boy. He was from another country come and, and talk to me. Well, you know, and he basically looked at me and, and said, are you from wherever? And I said, no, I'm from here. He goes, well, you all look alike. You know, I mean, it's like, am I going to be insulted by that? Right. Like, no, uh, we all look alike. Well, the have. funny thing about Ireland is that when they travel, if they call themselves British in Northern Ireland and they travel, you know, they call themselves Irish. Why? Because everybody loves Irish people. Right. You know, so they, they play both sides of the coin. Yeah. You know, which well, is I like that. Thing. If you say everyone loves Irish people, that's what I am. There it, you go. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't know that till you know, later in life. So all of a sudden, this, this desire for cabbage and stuff makes sense to me. I, you know, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a real-life Maury Povich episode here. Yeah, you never know. You're just finding this out for the first time. It's like a big reveal. It's a big deal. Yeah. But, you know, I, Jeff, we were talking about patience. Uh, I think what we're doing here is just establishing some really real things. Yeah. In life, I think that sometimes we are people that really are ignorant on some things. Mm -hmm. And and if we are, and, and I don't use the word ignorant as an insult. I mean, ignorant because we just don't know. Um, in other words, it, when I was a kid, the very first time I heard about being a Native American, I said I was one. <laughs> yeah. and, and everyone looked at me and laughed. <laughs> and I went home and said, Dad, I, I was born in Chicago. <laughs> How much more Native do you got to get? <laughs> you know? And, and everyone, so yeah. I just didn't know. Yeah. It wasn't that you're trying to be insulting or yeah. anything. It's that you don't you don't know. So you're you're talking from the perspective that you have. And I, I think, you know, if we would if we would understand that there'd be a lot more smiles and a lot less anger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it, to me, if 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 you if a little kid came to you and said, I'm a Native American, you know, and they're they're not by the definition, wouldn't it be better just to chuckle? Than to get mad. Mm -hmm. I mean, would, wouldn't that be the right response? Oh, yeah. Um, or if someone looks at you and, and says, uh, you know, all you white guys look alike. You know, I mean, it's like, 
okay, that's funny. <laughs> I, I don't think we do, but, you know. Yeah. Or we could be somebody who really gets upset by it. And maybe we can talk more about this whole patience thing. I, I find it interesting that, that sometimes it's just a matter of being ignorant, and we really should let people be ignorant and enjoy it and try and educate them rather than just get mm-hmm. mad at them. Yeah. Tonight we're kicking off the Love Is series this month. And, of course, Valentine's Day is coming up in just just about a week away, just under a week away. And so we're going to talk about love and what really love is all about. So if you got your Bibles, you can open up to 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to talk more about this here on the show. Remember, you can chat with a live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show tonight, HopeNet Radio. So glad that you've joined us. I'm Jeff. It's good to be hanging out with you tonight here on the show. We're kicking off our Love Is series here tonight, 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to take a look at this chapter over the next month or so and kind of talk about what love really is because in our culture, it seems like we have a lot of different opinions of what love is. Some people think love is, it's like a substitute word for intimacy or sexual relationship. Some people think love is just serving. Some people think that love is, you know, very self-centered, that it's it's all about me. It's all about my desires. And so if you care about me, if you really love me, that you'll fulfill my desires. And so we have a lot of twisted ideas of what love really is. And Dave, I think sometimes in our culture, we have a hard time finding a true, real love. We see a lot of synthetic forms of love, but we don't see true love. Yeah, you know what? A lot of times I think what we do is we define things um, through our own filters, the way we want them defined. But really there are words that already have definitions to them. If I'm speaking to you, in other words, and I say a word, there's a couple weird things that happen there. I, I might have a meaning for that word. For example, if I tell you, boy, that's really um, good. You don't have any idea what I mean by that at this point. Right. Uh, There are words that really, you really need to know the definition to understand what was said by the person saying them because they can have multiple meanings. Uh, The word good, I I could tell you this. I I could come to you and say, I'm really good at basketball. Well, that's because I was playing my grandma. You know, I mean, I'm always good when I play my grandma. Or I could say, I'm not really good at basketball. Now, I might be able to jam it and do all kinds of things, but I've been working out with Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. So, so the word good is kind of meaningless at that point because you don't know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. And yet, if I said I'm good at basketball to, to you, what would you think I'm saying? See, because you're going to put that through a filter. Right. So if I say that to you, Jason, what do you think? If I say I'm good at basketball, what are you thinking? I'm thinking that you're, that you're really good. Which that, means what? Don't. What can I do? That you could probably dribble well, shoot well, make your free throws, maybe okay. shoot some three, you know. Yeah, so you have, a, you have a definition in your head. Oh, yeah. And, and maybe mine is different. Yeah. What I mean by that is, you know what, I don't foul out of the game. Yeah. <laughs> now, we got two different definitions working here. Yep. Yeah. So I think it's important when you go into the Bible, we talk about words like love. There is definitions in the Bible. And if we're going to understand what God says, we probably should go see what he says about it. And this 1 Corinthians 13 is very cool because what it does is it gives us the definition of love man to man. Mm-hmm. The definition of love to God is already established in the Bible. God says this, if you love me, what's the next phrase? You keep my commandments. Yeah. That's defined already. And, and mm-hmm. we could talk about that a whole show. We're not going to go there because we're in 1 Corinthians 13. It starts to define if you really say you love people, mm-hmm. then these characteristics are going to be true. Yeah. So it's important that we, we begin to let the person talking define what they're saying so we know what they're saying, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there are five things that Paul says, and we're going to talk about these each individually in shows. But the first thing that Paul says that love is, is that love is patient. When you look at people in general, you don't really see people being patient a lot of times. You know, a lot of times I'm driving and I'm, you know, I got my kids in the back seat and somebody comes up on my bumper and, you know, they're 
not waving at me ex- exactly, but they're, you know, hoping that I go faster, get out of their way. I mean, we're just, we live in a culture where it's really a now culture. It's like if, if something takes longer than two seconds, it's an eternity, you know? And so we think, we get in our mind that, you know, patience is only so much as it keeps me comfortable. We just don't see patience as a normal occurrence in people's lives right. today. Do you ever get in a car when it's really hot and just see people going, hurry, oh, I'm dying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Go to a foreign country and get in a car Yeah. where they don't have right. air conditioning. Nobody says that. Well, they it, probably don't have windows. They don't. You're right. But but still, it's it's 100 degrees out. <laughs> right. So, you know what? Even myself, I mean, there are some times where I'm going, really, I, I need this now. Oh, yeah. And yet you're somewhere else and nobody does it. Yeah. Are, are there places like that just drive you crazy to go to because it shows that you're impatient? Yeah, there's a lot of different places that I can think of. Everybody says the DMV is like the hardest place to wait at. I don't know. You think that's true? It depends on where you're at. When I was in Chicago, it definitely was. Up here in Wisconsin, depending on where you where you live, you know, it's it's really not too bad. So once again, it comes down to perspective. You know, for yeah. some, the DMV yeah. is like the last place they ever want to go. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. for others, it's like, all right, if they go you to... You know what, though? You're right. Flags. Again, it's perspective. Oh, yeah. I, I When I fly places, I hate O'Hare Airport out of Chicago. Oh, yeah. I mm. hate it. Oh, yeah. There are lines everywhere, billions of people... You know what I love doing? I love using Green Bay or Appleton. Yeah. Uh, or even uh, uh, the one over in Wausau. You know, you walk in, the guy that meets you there and tickets you at the counter, then goes meets you at the gate, and then he puts your suitcase on the plane. And, and it's basically wonderful. There, yeah. There's, there's yeah. no lines. There's no. It's wonderful. And, and so yeah. whenever I fly somewhere, I like to fly out of one of those places because then they take care of all that stuff. And the next time I got to go through O'Hare, which is anyway, you got to go through there anyway. But yeah. I'm already on the inside. Then, yeah, you know, but I hate standing in airports, man. They just drive me. Those, those lines where they're checking everything out. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah. And then the pat downs and everything else. I would have to say, too, I'm thankful for for the person who invented uh, hacky sacks. Did you guys ever get into hacky sacks when you were young? <laughs> I didn't, but I've watched people like, I was gonna say, like I, you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was never good at it. So yeah. I just watched others. Yeah. When you're at a theme park and you're waiting for like an hour or three hours for a ride. Seriously, it's got to be like the worst. That's that's got to be one of the worst places to have to just wait and be, and try to be patient, especially with younger kids. Yeah, immediately my mind's going to why doesn't the world just revolve around me? Hmm. When I go to a theme park, I would like everybody else to stay home and have them open everything so I could just walk on the ride and not have anyone in my way. Yeah, but that's not how it is. That just shows what I really think. I really think like I really want everything to be about me. No wonder I'm miserable at times. I mean, I could be one miserable creature if that's how I live. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's in my way all the time. And like you were saying, it, it does come back to the perspective things because there's, you know, depending on the situation, one day something could drive you crazy. You know, say you got to go to the bathroom really bad. Right. All yeah. of a sudden now going to the bathroom, you become very impatient. But any other day, you know, it's like, man, that person's crazy. Yeah. You know, but when you got to go, you got to go. Yeah. Right. You know, and so it's this evolving thing where it just keeps changing and, and, your, and your idea of it keeps changing and your definition of it almost keeps changing depending on the circumstance. Right. You know, the, the, if you look for anything that's common or commonality in anything, I, I think that, that when you're not patient, you're obviously not thinking of other people. Yeah. You're really thinking of you. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're, if you're standing in line and you have to go to the bathroom or something, well, there are others that need that too. Yep. But you don't care at that point. You, you care about you. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're going back to the definition of really loving other people. Yep. And that's why I think the patience is on that list. You're in a pharmacy and waiting in line. I mean, that's not a thrill for most people. Not only that, everybody there is, is contagious, mm-hmm. you know, and everything else, and you're standing there. Everyone there is there for a reason that they would rather not be there. There's not one person that's in that line probably that's saying, oh, good, I get to go buy antibiotics. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? That's not their mind frame. But in our mind frame, we are so much about us. I, I'm thinking that every time we start really focusing on us exclusively, we're miserable people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the definition comes and says, you know, if you do love people, one of the characteristics is you're patient mm-hmm. because you're thinking of them. Not because you're just thinking of you all the time. Mm-hmm. Being a dad is a different, it's a different season. And Jason and, and Dave, I know you guys know this, how being a parent changes you. But when do you, when does, where does the line come in when 
I'm patient myself, but what happens when something is happening to my child? And I, how do I be patient then? I see a lot of parents, when you look at sports games, you look at sports teams, and you see a lot of parents that really get into it, try to defend their kid or try to, you know, work the coach to get their kid to start. Like patience just kind of, I don't know, it, it kind of goes by the wayside. Maybe we need to talk about this in the next segment, but just talking about how we should be parenting and what a patient parent looks like, because that can be a, a difficult thing, especially when something's happening to your child that you don't like or you don't agree with or you wish was different. So connect with us on the tweet back right now. We'd love to know the moments that you find hard to be the most patient at, whether it's in the line at the, at the movie theater or it's at a theme park. Where's the hardest place to be patient in your life? Check us out on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTB. We'll continue the conversation here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Join us on the tweet back right now. We're talking about patience tonight here on HopeNet Radio. It's the Love Is series. And we're talking from 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. And it's the title of our show tonight. Catch the podcast after we're done airing tonight at HopeNet360.com. We'd love for you to be a part of our online community. Share with your friends, too, because patience is not an easy thing to come by. I found a funny meme in the break here, Dave. And uh, it, it just says, it's all posted on our, on our Twitter and on our Facebook pages. Uh, it says, bless me with patience, not opportunities to be patient. I've had plenty of those. They don't seem to be working. <laughs> actual patience. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, how many times do we pray and ask God, God, just help me be patient. I know as a parent, it's super hard a lot of times to be patient with our kids and, and even patient for our kids. And, uh, you know, when we talk about sports teams, we talk about athletics, any kind of competition thing where we see our kid engaging and they're not getting what we would think as, you know, their deserved responsibility in it or maybe their preferred thing for me on the soccer team. I didn't have a parent that was really pushing me to start on the soccer team. But I know for me, I really wanted to start every every single game as a soccer player. I think I think every single athlete, Dave, you've probably been there too. Every every single game you go to, man, you want to be the one they count on. You want to be that star yeah. that's out there that's making the plays. And you think you're a big deal. And when the coach doesn't see the same thing, you kind of wonder, well, oh, why am I even doing this? What's the point of it? I, I just don't get it. Yeah, you know, we we're, we are so into immediate gratification of some sort. We we want to be the star on the football field or whatever, uh, you know, soccer field, but we don't realize the hours of behind the scenes and second string and you know third string that it takes to get there. You, you don't start at the top. You just don't do that. I, I, as you're talking, I keep keep wondering. You know, everything in life that I have found worthwhile takes a long time to develop. Someone would come to me and and it now and say. You know, I'd like to know what you know, and I think, well, get to be close to 60 years old and stay in ministry for about 40 years, yeah. you know, and then you'll know that. I, I can't, there's certain things that you cannot give to somebody, and experience is one of them. I mean, you can in the sense that you could talk about it. Mm-hmm. You can talk about what you've learned, and if somebody wants to pick up on it, great for that. But but basically, it there's a long process involved in things. You know, while you're talking, Jeff, I'm, I'm wondering, okay, it, let's say that I want to work on my patience. If I work on my patience, does that mean that I love people? Huh. I, I don't know. I haven't thought about that. I mean, let's, let's think about, you know, there's a list here, and, and we're not going to go through the whole list because we're going to talk about it throughout yeah. the, the next few weeks. But, uh, okay, it says love is patient. Can I reverse that and say patience is love? Mm. Well, it, Because then I, then I could go out and work on my patience and then my love. Well, I mean, in math class, uh, one plus two equals three, and three equals one plus two. So, it, you know, the is and equals, I, I think you could exchange it, couldn't you? Well, I don't know, though, because if it's cause and effect, can you have the effect be the cause? Oh. You know, I don't think so. So, so here's what I think we mess up on. What we're talking about here is, is a byproduct. Right. In other words, Patience is a byproduct. So when I say byproduct, let's let's make that clear. It's the byproduct of everything working together for an apple tree is what? An apple? The apple. Yeah. The fruit. So so the fruit of the tree is the byproduct. Mm-hmm. How did we get the fruit? Because that's what we're talking about here is is the fruit of love. Yeah. Are these things. Mm. So how do we get the fruit on an apple tree? Well, the apple tree sits there and does what? It absorbs everything that would allow it to have fruit. So it needs to absorb, you know, nutrients in the soil. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. It needs to absorb sunlight. It needs to absorb. So it absorbs all of the things that the tree could process into sugar. And in the end, the result is automatic. You don't, if I want a lot of fruit on my apple tree, I don't focus on the fruit. Mm -hmm. I focus on what it's absorbing. Mm. Right. And you can't force it. No. We're giving the fruit of love. But if you want to love, you need to focus on what causes Mm -hmm. the love or causes the fruit. And again, I would say it's the same thing. I mean, there are certain things in life that you will absorb that allow you to produce patience. Yeah. If you're absorbing things in life that are not allowing you to be patient then you are absorbing things that will not that, that are not loving mm. that are not right and and so the patience so if i go to my apple tree we'll finish my illustration and i want you guys to tell me what you're thinking of this but if if i go to the apple tree it's it's harvest time and there's one apple on it mm. Mm. okay i have a problem yeah and and i know what the problem is there's an absorption problem of some sort it did not get the sunlight it did not get the nutrients the weather around it wasn't appropriate, so it couldn't... I mean, there's an absorption problem. Mm-hmm. And if I can correct the absorption problem, I can correct the lack of fruit. Mm. And, and, and can we apply that to what we're talking about with patience? I mean, is there a way to correct the idea of being patient? Because I don't think we can go the opposite direction. I don't think today, if I work on patience, that I could tell you that I actually love you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could tell you that I'm more patient. Yeah. But I may not be. I may be patient because I'm all about me, and being patient is better than not being patient because you're going to beat me up. So I mean, I may be patient for the wrong reason. Yeah. But if I actually love you, then patience isn't something I actually work at. It's just automatic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. You bring up the you know the apple tree and fruit is fruit is a result of a plant that's growing with healthy nutrition. Now you can tell a lot by the fruit looking at a, a tree. I remember uh, in my biology lab days when you you know took out maybe nitrogen or phosphorus or a certain element, certain things happened to a plant and it also affected some of the fruit and how the fruit looked. So right. you know all those things take time. Even a plant, a plant to grow, you can't just plant something in the ground and expect it to be a fully fleshed out tree that you know grows up. 35, 40, 50 feet tall in, you know, two days. That doesn't happen. I mean, it takes time. I'm wondering along these lines, is patience simply just waiting? Do you think that's all patience is? It, it could be. It could be understanding how things work. I mean, honestly, uh, you know, Jeff, there, there have been people, and, and Jason, there have been people who have been patient with you as you grew up. Yep. Why? Because they understood how it worked. Yeah. You know, you can't expect a, an eight-year-old boy to make decisions uh, like a 25-year-old person. You can't do that. But you do know that they need to go through the experience they are. So, so you're not correcting certain things in their life, whatever, because you realize that they're going to live within the scope of being eight years old at that point. Oh, absolutely. And I even see that in my relationship with my son. You know, he's uh, coming up on 17 months old, you know, and there's times when he does things where it's not necessarily waiting, but it's understanding that, all right, he doesn't understand this. He doesn't get this yet. And so therefore I need to show him patience because I love him, right? you know, and there's times where I'm not perfect, you know, and I'm not patient, you know, and, and going back to your illustration, you know, where, where, where we're talking about the, the apple tree and bearing fruit. And I think, I think it's a great illustration because when you take that over to love and patience, you know, love produces patience, genuine patience, you know, and in those situations where we're not patient, we try to force it. And so we come across as, as acting patient, but at our heart, we're still frustrated because we're impatient because they're not getting it, if right. that makes sense. So, and so, so it's, 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 not, it's not actual patience that we're showing. We're just putting on the act of it, which isn't the actual fruit of it. So really, you're not tolerant of your son doing something he shouldn't do, mm-hmm. but you're patient. Right. And I say that about God all the time. And yeah. that's one of his characteristics. Mm-hmm. God isn't tolerant. Yep. In other words, when I do something wrong, he's not, he's not saying, oh, okay, I'm just going to forget that. Yeah. But he is patient. And what I mean by that is what you just said. I mean, God would look at me and go, you know, you're Dave Wager. You are really a child of mine who doesn't get it yet. Yeah. I will keep working with you to get it. See, there's a huge difference then between someone who doesn't get it but makes mistakes and one who knows the truth and intentionally chooses to go against it. Yeah. That's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And and if someone, if if I choose to know the truth and go against it, I think, you know, that's not patience anymore. Now I'm asking God to be tolerant. And likewise, in our human efforts, it, it, you as a dad and Jeff as a, as a dad of young boys, you guys need to be patient. 
but you should never be tolerant. You should yeah. never let your patience slip into tolerance. Yeah. Because you're always with that patience working toward the resolution, if that makes sense. And we should be doing that spiritually too. And understand God does that. Yeah. Right. And when you when you think of plants and, and that question of is patience simply waiting, I don't think it is. If you have a plant at home and if you're just simply waiting around for that plant to grow, chances are it's probably going to die because you still have to do stuff for it. You still have to give it sunlight. You still have to water it. You still have to make sure it has the nutrition. So just because you're being patient doesn't mean that it's it's no longer looking towards the needs of that plant, or maybe it's your son or your daughter. Patience isn't indecision. It's not negligence. It's not laziness. It's not passivity. I mean, you can be patient. You can still be assertive. You can be patient, and you can still work hard. I think patience, some of the things that patience does for us is a lot of times it will put us in position to be successful. And we talk a lot about that, Dave, on the show. It opens doors for better things. Patience in us, it gives us a greater sense of appreciation. I think for, for me, when I'm impatient the most, it just shows that I'm, I'm unsettled inside, that I really, I don't have a real big appreciation for things. When we're patient, it gives us a value of time and it gives us that sense of appreciation. And even for others, I think at the times where I struggle being patient as a dad, when I'm impatient with my kid, it oftentimes takes away their opportunity to learn and to grow themselves. God is patient with us, not so that he feels better, because I'm sure it's easier for God if he just, you know, directs our steps and makes us puppets and that sort of thing. But God gives us the opportunity to learn. My son, who has a, an awesome heart, he really likes to learn new things. And sometimes that involves struggling. So we're going to continue this conversation in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Chat with the live coach if you need to right now at HopeNet360.com. The conversation continues here on HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Jeff, DW, Jason here in studio with you guys tonight here on the show. It's the show where conversations save lives. If you miss any part of the show or you want to go back and listen to it, please subscribe to our podcast. We're on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and the Stitcher Radio app. And you can find those links on our website, HopeNet360.com. And we would love for you to be a part of our online community. Also, join our tweet back right now. It's on Twitter. It's going on right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB. And tonight we're talking in our Love Is series. We kicked off our Love Is series tonight here on the show. And one of the things that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 13, the very first thing, he says, love is patient. And that is one of the hardest things to do in our day and age today, especially in our now day, when we want everything right now. And we were just talking in the break about one of the other most uncomfortable places to wait is when you're on hold with a phone company. And whether it's internet or it's something with customer service, healthcare, whatever it is, it, it's one of those things we can't stand being put on hold today. It's good that I have a sweet, loving wife because she will so often come and just give me the eye while I'm on the phone because I get so impatient. And, and I have to ask myself why. You know what? It's like, I represent God everywhere in this world except for when I'm talking to a um, cellular phone company. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's like I, I dismissed that one. Yeah. Um, but we talked earlier. I, I, I think patience. You know, I could say, well, Dave, you need to be more patient. That's true. But I tell you, the truth is I need to see the person that I'm talking to like God would see him. Yeah. And then I, I would be patient. And I think a lot of times when you're on a phone, because they're not in front of you, right. you don't think of that as much. And so you just think... You know, and and it's easier just to unleash all of your opinions and, and frustrations that way, as opposed to uh, even realize on the internet. That, <laughs> I mean, even oh, like yeah. with a tweet or a or a or an email, or the, or yeah. even now they do a lot of the live chats on websites. Right. Yep. You know, it's the same thing. Yep. You know, you could feel like you could just say whatever because you're not seeing that person. Yeah. Oh man. You know, and, and there's no tone on those things. Right. I mean, you can't understand it. So if you and I are talking about something, I mean, it's really easy for me to fire off an email to somebody. Right. And, and and then they think, well, he's really mad by what I said because you guys know me. I'm very direct. It's very. It's I'm, I'm not mad. I'm just direct. Yeah. And and, and the bot, then you meet him face to face, and before I meet him, they're going, I'm going to give it to him. You know, I mean, he did this, and I see him. They go, How you doing, Dave? You know, everything's cool. Why well, we're face to face? Something's different about oh, yeah. that at this point. Um, it's easy to be. I, I still think the problem isn't that I need to work at being patient. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is I need to work at loving people. Right. And the patience will take care of itself. And, and that's, you know, and, and again, I'm, I'm so concerned that I've, I've mixed two words up here. 
I really think that tolerance has come into it. And we don't know how to be intolerant of things we should be because we've mistakenly think that tolerance is patience. Yeah. And it's not. And we, we talked about that last segment of go get that, download the podcast, because I think it's an important distinction that you got to keep in mind. That we're not tolerant people. Mm. If you are tolerant, you don't love. Mm. That, that means if, if you could look at somebody and watch them destroy themselves and you don't care, that's not loving. Yeah. So we're not asking you to do that. That's not patience. Mm-hmm. Patience isn't saying it's okay for you to destroy yourself. That's of the, that's of the devil. Patience is, I understand it's going to take time for you to become who you should be. Yeah. That's different mm-hmm. than tolerance. And I hope we understand that. And, and I think sometimes we just give up. Do you, do you think, Jeff, Jason, we just give up? It's like, it's really a long process and I'm tired of it, so just do what you want. I think we do that all the time. And I think it's, it's almost a cultural thing, too, because we're so set on instant gratification. And I think sometimes that's at the core of our impatience and, and our willingness to kind of see and coach people through different situations because we want results and we want them now. Yeah. You know, almost like you were saying earlier on the show about, you know, you're, you're close to 60 here. And, and a lot of people say, well, I want to be like you. Well, it takes, it takes that, years. That many years to do that. You can't just do that overnight. But yet people want the results yeah. overnight. And we just need to realize that. This thing about life and even learning how to put others first and loving others is, is a lifetime thing. Yeah. You know, when we look back at the greatest commandment to love God with all that we are and then to love our neighbor as ourselves, that's going to take our entire lifetime to learn that, to learn that and to do that. And to model it to your children. Exactly. You know, I, I saw this in the hospital once. I, you know, I've had like so many operations. I hope I never go back again. But uh, they give you these drugs. Uh, when you go under, I don't know what they are, the Michael Jackson drugs or whatever they are. I'm, I'm not sure what they call them, <laughs> but they, they put you out, right? Yeah. Uh, all right. If you're upset by that statement, please email Jeff at Hope Not 360. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Or, or tweet <laughs> Jeff. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what was interesting is it, sometimes when I come out of the operation, I'm sort of there, but not there. I don't know if anyone's been operated on before. It's like you're kind of in a fog, mm. but you're not really there. Yeah. And I remember I came out of an operation once, and the nurse was very kind. She had her arm on my arm, you know, and talking to me. And she said, as soon as you settle down, we'll let you go back to your room. Mm-hmm. And I can remember, because I was coherent, but not I was in a fog, I can remember yelling, mm. take me back to my room. You know, I'm yelling at her. I'm screaming at her. She kept tapping my hand going, as soon as you calm down, I'll let you go back to your room. Mm. I kept yelling at her, like, take me back to my room. Oh, yeah. And she would walk away and work on other people. And I'm yelling at her across the recovery room. <laughs> you know, I want to go back to my room. One time when she walked away, she was helping somebody else. I stopped for a second. And I thought, she said if I would just calm down, she'd take me back to my room. <laughs> so she walked over to the bed again, and, and she looked at me, and I said, can I please go back to my room? She said, sure. Put the whales up and there we went. She's just waiting for me <laughs> right, yeah. to come out of the fog. Yeah. You know, it wasn't that she was tolerant of me. Hmm. Yeah. She was waiting for me yeah. and believing that this medicine would wear down. Yeah. And you know what? Here's what's really cool. She didn't take it personal. Hmm. She realized, Jason and Jeff, you guys are raising young children. And there will be times where your son might look at you and go, you make me so mad. I, you don't love me yeah. or, mm-hmm. or, or, or even yeah. I hate you. And you know what you do? You, you tap them on the arm and you're patient. Yeah. You're not tolerant of that, mm-hmm. by the way. But you are patient of it and you're waiting for them to grow up. And you can't take it personal. Mm-hmm. See, I find whenever I make anything all about me, I am like the most miserable person in the world. So this nurse could have been saying, I just can't communicate with this Dave guy. I'm a terrible nurse. Yeah. I, I'm no good at this. No, she, she shouldn't say that. It's me that's an idiot at that point. And I'm fogged up. It's going to go away. Yeah. And so mature heads have to prevail. And I think in life we can do that. If somebody talks to me and they're not where they should be spiritually, they're not mature as they should be maybe in some other ways. Um, I, I don't know if I had to talk with you on this, Jason, once, but there was a young man doing things they shouldn't. And, and my comment really quickly was, well, you can't do anything about it. He needs to mature up. Hmm. Yeah. And, and it was like, what do you mean? We can't, No, it's not that I'm tolerating it. It's just he's immature. Mm-hmm. Right. The only thing that, that solves immaturity is time. Yeah. Yep. You can't solve immaturity with a decision. Mm-hmm. You need time. Yeah. And, and it's w- wise for us, both for Dave Wager personally to realize that, so that I don't go crazy trying to say why, what's it, why everything's wrong, and for the teacher that's trying to help somebody know that. Sometimes it's just time. So what we do is we put them in a padded box so they don't hurt themselves during that period. Because mm-hmm. we're not tolerant. Yeah. But we are understanding that it takes time to change and 
That's why you watch over your children right now. You don't let them roam the streets. Right. They're not ready yet. But when they are ready, you'll let them roam the streets a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. it's that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, and one of the one of the things that patience is. I mean, I, I said there there were a few things that I mentioned that patience wasn't, and one of those things, patience isn't impulsive. It's not negligent. It's not passivity. It's not laziness. Some people think that patience is a complete waste of time, and yet those are probably the same ones, and I'm included in that. That uh, sometimes I feel like patience is a waste of time to be patient. It's like no, I can I can just solve this right now. You know, being a dad is probably one of the harder things to do in life. It's sometimes easier to go and work with people you don't like than to go home and be a dad and be involved in your kid's life, especially when they're in a, when they have a bad attitude. Uh, I'm just being real and being honest. I think that's one of the harder things to do is to be patient. But yet patience does some things for the people around us. When we're patient to other people, it, like I said, it gives people the opportunity to learn. It, it gives us a sense of appreciation and of time. It gives us a value. Uh, patience also, one of the things that patience is, and I don't know who said this quote, but I, I like it. I took it off the internet and patience is is the settled reality that we're not in control. That's really what patience comes down to. I can't think of a better definition. And Joyce Meyer yeah. uh, even said this, that patience is not the ability to wait, but it's how you act while you're waiting. Sometimes waiting can be the hardest thing. A lot of times waiting can be the hardest thing for us, especially if we're on hold with a phone company or customer service anywhere. You know, we wish we had our own hold music for people when they finally come back on the line sometimes and we've been waiting for 20 minutes. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to pick this conversation up when we come back here on the show. Remember to chat with a live coach at HopeNet360.com anytime you need to. They're there around the clock to chat about difficult things, things that maybe are uncomfortable to talk about with somebody else. And you just need someone to talk to tonight. We have coaches right now at HopeNet360.com. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, Hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, guys, got another email in of another place where it's uncomfortable to wait or to be patient uh, to our email at hope at hopenet360.com. Uh, grocery stores and retail stores, uh, the worst place to wait in line, especially if you're in the express lane and the person ahead of you has, you swear they have like 30 items, but they're in a 20 item or less aisle. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation, but that's... Uh, I've counted them. I've counted them. <laughs> I've counted them. There was a guy once with 21 in a 20 line. I was ballistic. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I wouldn't want to be behind you. Yeah. Well, you know what? I had 21 too, but I taped two together. <laughs> <laughs> Did you shoplift the tape? You know what? I, I am so sick. I'm a sick man sometimes. You know, it's like, I just showed you human nature. It, it would not be okay for someone else to have 21, but you know, I have a good reason. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, you or like five of your items are identical. Yeah. So it, it, yeah, doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Just run it once and hit five. That's right. Yeah. So it counts. Yeah. yeah. Do you know how many ways we could just compromise our, our own? I never do anything wrong. Everyone else, though, they're living in this terrible world that they've created. You know what's funny? <laughs> at, the, at the grocery store, you know, say someone like Walmart, you know, you got like 40 billion checkout lines. Right. Yeah. You know, like half of them are never open. Right. You know, and so... Why do they have them? Exactly. Why do they have them? But yeah. then the other thing is you watch these people, they start at one end, looking down each one, they go yeah. all the way to the other end, yeah. and they realize, you know what? I'm going to go back to the first one because that was the shortest. And they wasted like 10 minutes going like 400 feet from one end to the other. 400 yards. You know, and then they ended up back to the first one where it was like at that point it was the shortest one. Then they get back there. It's probably too long anyway. That's a rookie mistake. That's such a rookie mistake, though. Or even in the parking lot. In the parking lot. (laughs) You know, you drive around for days to try to find that close parking spot, you know, when you could have easily just parked and walked and been in the store. And then you see someone park. And they hang a, a handicap sticker in there that they must have got from grandma. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> you know? They hop out of the car and run in. Oh, yeah. There's nobody else with them. I mean, they sprint in. Yeah. And then there's and they the... sprint back out. Oh, that's hilarious. And they're in the, in the handicapped parking spot with a, a thing hanging there. I'm going, where'd you, you get that you from? You stole that, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, you think, I, I don't think that's funny because then, I want to do that. And then yeah. you got, <laughs> That's right. And then you got the waiters, you know, who see people coming out of the store. Yeah. They guess yeah. what car they're going to. They just stop, put on their blinker, oh, yeah. and wait for like five yeah. decades yeah. to get that spot. It's like, yeah. come on. And then everybody else yeah. is hung up besides you, and you've created a traffic jam, and someone got in an accident now. And 
grocery store story here locally in this area. There's one that uh, I actually don't mind going to because they have a parents with small children parking spot. And it's like the second one right after the disabled spot. So uh, I'm all for that. I mean, if you if you own a store and you have a parents with young children, I, I'm definitely coming to your store. I had small children once. Does that count? Uh, maybe. I've already compromised this thing. I would look at the sign. It would say parents with small children. I go. I had small children. Right. And I would park there. <laughs> You're I mean, terrible. isn't that me? Or, uh, or at terrible. the hospital, they have family parking. Yeah, yes. I have a family. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 or pregnant ladies only. And I know one. I know one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And going back to what you said. <laughs> If somebody else does it, oh, I'm ticked. You know, yeah. you're ticked. But if you do it, you have every justification in the world <laughs> yeah, to do it, which is hilarious. You know, oh, it's, it's healthy to see that about yourself because there's no way to get better unless you see that. Yeah. I mean, I, I say it and we laugh, right. but when I do that, you know, I, I immediately realize something. My problem is not a parking space or patience. It's actually that the world doesn't revolve around me, right? And that causes problems because the truth is the world doesn't revolve around me. You know, everywhere I go, I want a, a sign like at Walmart. I want a sign saying Dave wagers parking spot. You know, I, I want everything to be about me. I want customer service to be about me. I want. And the trouble is our nation, our businesses have given into that. So we falsely train people that that's really the way it is. Uh, you guys ever uh, hear the uh, phrase that the customer's always right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. They're, yep. they're not. What? I want to tell everyone right now, the customer is not always right. Really? That's shocking. Yeah. I mean, we believe this stuff. Oh, yeah. And, and so then we act that way. The yeah. truth of the matter is there are customers that are just absolutely wrong mm-hmm. in, in what they do. If we actually care about people, if I actually care about people, I'm going to quit playing the blame game on everything in life that it's everybody else's problem. Yeah. Everybody else did it wrong. And, and really, I don't know how we can get to where we're patient people until we start honestly looking at the things in our life that point us to the problems. And for me... These are a lot of things that point to the problem, and I think we need to address them as, a, as an individual. And once I get there where I say, okay, my problem is I want everything to revolve around me. It doesn't. You know, I actually have to repent at that point. I have to say, God, forgive me. Because honestly, if I'm thinking of other people, if I'm really thinking of them, I do not want to take the best for me. I don't want to do it. Yeah. And, and so when I want the best just for me, I, I have to repent because I'm not thinking of it. Not only that, I found another incentive. A lot of times, my wife and I stop at a Kohl's or something or grocery store. We'll park as far away. I mean, just far away. Yeah. Why? We need the exercise. We're getting old. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Just get up and walk. Yep. And, and that's a different philosophy. But the, the bottom line really is, I think, I think honesty, repentance, a lot of times we don't talk about, you know, we just need to repent so we can be patient. Mm-hmm. No, we do because I'll never be patient, never if I keep just looking at Dave Wager and wanting everything to go my way, I'll never be patient. And I think that's the key thing a lot of times is pausing long enough to take yourself out of the situation and to assess it right. and say, all right, how do I really need to react here? And, and, you know, and, and that's something that I have to do even with my son. You know, say if he wakes up at 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, my natural tendency is I want to get back to bed. Right. You know, but that's not the way that I need to approach that situation because obviously he's upset about something you know, that's beyond himself at that point in time. And I need to react in a loving fatherly way and be patient, you know, but that comes out of love. And and that's how we need to to treat these different situations because sometimes we react on the instant and it's not necessarily the way that we should respond. You know, say we, you know, like you said, even on the phone sometimes, you know, what we think is wrong because we pay too much or whatever it is, but we need to just step outside the situation and say, you know what, I, I can represent Jesus here. Yeah, use the word respond. You know, I think, think of the two words, yeah. react and respond. Yep. What, what's interesting is often our reactions show what our heart is. Mm-hmm. Our response shows after we've thought about it. I know in, in sports, let's, I played college football, what we wanted to do was practice so that our reaction eventually was taken from a time where we thought it through. Yeah. So it's really a fast response. Your reaction, you want it to, to be so that when you see a play developing or whatever, you move in the right direction, in the right way, in the right, you know, and you do it quickly. Yeah. That then is a response, but you've done it so many times that it looks like a reaction because you can assess it very quickly. Yeah. What happens, though, is sometimes is that we kind of are trained to respond without thinking through it. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have, I mean, react without thinking through it. So we don't have a response. Right. We just have a reaction. 
And that's where we go to immaturity again. Your sons um, normally react when you do something. Yeah. Uh, What you're training them to do at some point is respond. Mm -hmm. And then eventually you'd like them to, when they do it quickly, when the reaction comes out, that you've trained them so well on the response that their reaction actually is the response that's correct. Mm. And that's what you were looking for on the sports field. Right. You were looking for do this right, but do it quickly because you recognize it. Mm-hmm. Second Peter chapter 3 is a really interesting chapter. And uh, if you have your Bibles, you might want to turn there and look at it. One of the verses that Peter is writing about as he's you know, just giving kind of the final farewell, he's talking about how God isn't slow to his promises. Uh, In verse 8, it says, But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promises, some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. And I think that's so profound in how God looks at us. And if you ever thought about God being patient, the other word that the Bible uses for patience is this word called long-suffering. And I kind of like that a little bit better because being patient sometimes is suffering in a lot of ways. It's being able to stand up to oppression or being discounted or being discouraged. It it can be a situation where it's uncomfortable. And we've been talking in the last couple weeks, we had some conversations about work and how things can be stressful at work, how uh, even being fired, what that is like. And so if you missed those shows, go back and listen on our podcast at hopenet360.com. But it can be difficult, especially when things aren't going the way we'd like them to be going, uh, that we get the most impatient. It's part of our sinful nature, I think, to be impatient. But if we're going to be, like you said, Dave, a mature mind involves being patient. And while it's it's a, a trait that we all would like people to exhibit to us, not only that, it's a sign that we have love. If we love, just like Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 13, if we have love, we're going to show patience to other people. We're going to show patience even to ourselves. Sometimes we're frustrated with ourselves that we can't do things uh, the way that we expect them to be done. And so we lose patience with ourselves. So I want to encourage you tonight, if that's a struggle with you tonight, go and chat with the live coach at HopeNet360.com. We'll pick up this conversation and wrap things up here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Thanks for joining us on the Love is Serious tonight on HopeNet Radio. We're talking about patience and wrapping up the conversation. And guys, this has been a, a deep conversation about patience, what it is, what it isn't. And I would just I would love to hear some of your final thoughts wrapping things up. How can we get patience in our life? And what are some steps that if someone's saying, hey, tonight... I don't know how to be patient. I feel like I've run out of patience. I feel like I'm at my wit's end. What do I do? You know, I think you need to define it right. Patience doesn't mean you're you're a Chicago Cub fan. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it's like if you're a Chicago Cub fan, you know what I mean? It, it, that's not patient. That's hopelessness Yeah. Wow. at that point. I'm you're, a Cub fan. Well, I am too. <laughs> but I'm sitting here thinking, you know what? I honestly don't believe they'll ever win. Right. That's not patience because that's like you gave up. Yeah. You know, and if they do win, it'll be a shock. But but that's not patience. Again, I want to remind our listeners, it's it's an indicator that there's something out of whack with you, mm. that you're seeing things incorrectly. If you're not patient, then you're not seeing it correctly. You're thinking about yourself and you weren't made to do that. Yeah. And so you cannot be OK that way. And, and you will be miserable if you straighten that out. If you quit having the world revolve around you. Patience is one of the fruits that will come from that, and that's what love is. So I encourage people, get, get into the Bible, see how God defines it, and start to live according to the definition of love. And patience is something that will be a byproduct of the love. And if you don't have it, it's really because you're still the center of the universe. And that calls for getting in line with reality. And reality is there's a God, you're not him, he loves you, and, and we need to align with him and not have him align with us. Yeah, I think that's really good. And and just to, to allow yourself to use those impatient moments as a trigger, you know, and then ask yourself, all right, why am I being impatient? You know, and I think you can then learn from it because I think that's the first step is admitting the fact that, all right, I have impatience. Right. Why? You know, yeah. what is the cause? Why am I being impatient? And like you said, most oftentimes than not, it's putting in your own self first, yeah. you know, and you're never satisfied in that. And then once you identify what it is, you can work on it, or yeah. you can bring that before God and say, "Help me, help me fix this." Help hey, me. We blame everyone else for you that, know. don't we? Though, Jason, I oh, mean, all the time. I, you know, I'm blaming people at the store mm-hmm. in the store not having enough aisles open. I mean, 
I will not take responsibility for being impatient. Mm-hmm. That is somebody else's problem. Yeah. Well, no, it isn't. It's my problem. And, and, and like everything else in life, like Alcoholics Anonymous or whatever, yeah. until you admit the problem, you can't solve it. Right. And the problem isn't them. Right. The problem is me. Mm-hmm. I need to understand that. Yep. And then understand that it'll take time, too. Absolutely. And, you know. and don't tolerate it. Don't say, well, that's just the way everyone is. That's the way I am. That's yep. the way the United States is. No. That's tolerating things then. Yeah. No. Be patient with yourself, mm-hmm. but not tolerant. Yeah. And realize that God is not tolerant either. He's patient. Yeah. You know, the Greek word macrothumia means patience with people. It includes long-suffering and forbearance that endures the misconduct of others and never seeks revenge. In fact, the Roman Christians were soon to face persecution. And during that stressful time for Christians, Paul writes to them and he urges them to be patient in affliction. And maybe today, that's been a difficult thing for you, that it's, it's one of those times where it's not comfortable. Paul continues to talk about it in this chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 7. He talks about patience with people, and he ends with patience with circumstances. Sometimes people are the things that stress us out the most. A lot of times that's the case. Sometimes it is our circumstances. It takes time for us to mature through all of our differences. And so every single struggle that we have in our life is really trying to produce that fruit of patience in our life. I don't know if you realize that in your life, but whether you have kids, whether you're just a college student, whether you're a teenager, whether you're a young adult, and you're just trying to navigate life, the times that stress us out the most are really those moments when God continues to chisel at us and to help us to realize that the only way to get patience is to go through difficulty. The only way to get patience is to be in a situation where it's very, very, very difficult to be patient. And I know I've experienced that in my own life and being a dad, this is that time in my life where I'm learning patience in a new realm. No longer do I have to worry about other people's kids being a youth pastor or someone who works around children or other people in my workplace. I can be patient with those a little bit more today than sometimes I can be with my own family, those who are closest to me. And I don't know why that is. I think some of it just has to do with who I am at my core. And that's just, it's a person who doesn't want to be patient a lot of times. It, it, it's a person who, again, like you said, Dave, it, it's someone who wants the world to finally just for one moment just be about me. And that doesn't work. It really doesn't work. No, because it's not true. I mean, the, the world is created around God. And that's what Satan's problem. He tried to make it around him. You know, I find the only way to be patient in suffering is to know that there's actually a plan. Mm. Yes. I mean, anybody can go through suffering if yeah. they know that it's going to matter. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why you need to know God. Because if you know him like Job, if you know him and, and you understand who he is, if, if you're disappointed with God today or, or you're angry with him, you don't know him. But if you know him, you know he's got a plan. So you can release yourself to that plan. And, and that's patience at that point. Um, I, I really think everything goes back to the very simple. You know, Dave Wager is not patient because he doesn't know God, he doesn't love, and I need to repent, and I need to know God, and I need to begin to think of others before myself. Mm-hmm. That makes me patient, but it will never make me tolerant. It won't do that. It can't, by definition. Got another tweet on the tweet back tonight. Another thing that people have a hard time being patient about, road construction. Yeah. Road construction. Oh, yeah. But, you know, you talk about things that can't be rushed. I mean, what would it what would it mean if we got a new road installed and it only took a week to put in? How good of a road would that actually be? Yeah. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there are things yeah. that they just take time. We don't like to waste time. I don't think we should waste time. Definitely don't think we should waste time. But at the same time, some things do take longer than others. And we have to understand that. Dave, I love what you said. It, some things we have to understand that there's a plan in place. Yeah. And I think if you don't if you don't understand that God has a plan for you, you're not going to get the point of patience. Right. Because otherwise it looks like a waste of time to you. It looks like, well, we could be we could be accomplishing so much more. I mean, this is all the life that we have. There's nothing else that's really that really matters, right? Yeah. Our whole nation's impatient, you know, uh, Jeff and Jason, because I mean, you go back and you think we're really pushing the idea that there was no creation, there was no plan, there is no God. The ultimate conclusion to that is I need to live for myself and everything needs to revolve around me, which means we're a bunch of people who don't love. And, and if we don't love, we're not patient. And, and the problem isn't 
that we don't like ourselves. It's that we love ourselves too much to the exclusion of everybody else. And, and that isn't how we're made. I am actually made the opposite of that. And I'll never be okay till I live that way. I want to invite our listeners, if, if you're struggling with this relationship with God, if you've had an arrangement with them, please go to HopeNet360.com and talk to a life coach that's waiting to talk to you. And just tell them I'm, you're struggling with being angry with God or you don't get this thing or you're very impatient. You don't think you love. You know, start a dialogue. Conversations can help you. And we want to give that conversation to you. I think as long as you could start by seeing the moments in your life where you're impatient. I think that's the that's the the first step. Almost as we've been talking about this entire show is that if you're willing to see and open up your eyes to where you need to improve, that's the best part. Because as long as you're blind to that, you're never going to be able to to change or improve or, or or really to see. All right, God, how can I how can I love others more? And and so the more that we could see our areas where we need to improve, the more that we're then open to allow God to change us and mold us and shape us and help us to become more patient, you know, which going to the, the, the foundation of it will help us to love, you know, because it's the love that produces the patience. And I think that's the key is just opening our eyes and being willing to see it rather than just being tolerant. Like right. Dave was saying so many right. times, I think that's the key. I think one of the neat things that someone once told me as someone who had struggled with being impatient for a long time is anytime they were frustrated with somebody or a situation that really was out of their control, you're feeling like you're just, you're anxious, you're frustrated, you're overwhelmed, you're, you just want to fix this right now. They, what they said to do is in those moments, instead of going to that person and confronting them right away, go and write a letter to them and write everything you want to say to that person. And then once you're finished writing everything, I mean, write everything out, everything you've ever felt towards this person, whatever, take it and crumple it up and throw it away and then go back and say, okay, how should I respond to this? Because a lot of times we just need to take that time and step back and look at it from a bigger picture mentality. Instead of looking so small through our eyes, let's look at this from a bigger picture. How do I fit into the bigger picture? Because I'm only a small piece of it. So maybe that's a good a good piece for you tonight as you're thinking about this show. Remember, you can go and connect with us on the tweet back. We're on Twitter right now. Use the hashtag HNRTV. We'll be on for a little bit longer here tonight. Of course, go and subscribe to the podcast. We are on iTunes, on TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher Radio. We'd love for you to be a part of our online community that way. Go ahead and share with your friends. Like us on Facebook. Connect with us. And also, check out our show notes for tonight's show at HopeNet360.com. Lots of other links and resources and maybe tips to help you to be a little bit more patient in your life. So for all of us here on the show, I'm Jeff saying so long. We'll see you guys online next week. Bye-bye. Later.